Welcome to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. A podcast about events, travel, and the people who love both. Find more episodes at vacationraces.com. Welcome back to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. Excited to be talking to you about this fall event, the Zion Ultra. Lyle Anderson, race director, is here with us. Lyle, I have to say Zion Ultra holds a special place in my heart. Number one, it's our backyard, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's and literally it's, our and, backyard. And it's my only 100 miler that I've ever ran. Right. And you came and paced me. For I did. Like I came that, and so. paced it. Lyle's very, his first, well, we're going to call it your first still because I, you know, you never know if you're going to do another one. Yeah, I, I've learned <laughs> I've learned to never say never. Never I, say never. Even a month before I ran that 100 miler, I said I would never be dumb enough to run a 100 mile race. And look at you. And I did it. You so. did it. And you did do it at Zion Ultra. My very first 50K was on the original Zion Ultra course. So it definitely holds a special place in our hearts. And it is a beautiful course. And I am really excited to hear that Vacation Races decided to do this event in the fall. What a great time of year. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, too. Unfortunately, we had to cancel it in April when it was normally scheduled. Uh, timing of it all just seemed to have gone the way of a lot of things this year. But uh, but we're super happy to be able to do it this fall and uh, look forward to having you guys come join us. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. So let's get into kind of the nitty gritty of the race guide for Zion Ultra. Again, we're not having, if you've been to some of our other events, like the Bryce Ultra, you saw some of the different COVID-19 precautions that we put in place. And there's going to be similar ones here at Zion. No expo bib pickup, but we're going to have a drive-through expo. Yeah. Well, not a drive, drive-through drive expo, but a drive-through right, bib drive pickup. Bid pickup yeah, yes. so, so you'll be able to show up on Friday, the 25th from two to seven. Uh, and we'll just right there in the town of Virgin uh, in front of the park. We'll have uh, some tables set up there where you can just drive right up to it and uh, stay in your car and we'll hand you your bib and your race shirt and uh, and you can go on your merry way. We will also have a place there for you to drop off your drop bags um, that we will then take out to the aid stations for you. Uh, and you'll have until 8 p.m. that Friday night to make sure you get your drop bags dropped off. One thing that I do want to make sure and kind of... Uh, make special note of is that with those drop bags on a normal year, we'll usually have like a table set up with some markers and, and some tape and things like that, where you can, you can label your drop bags. But this year due to all the COVID um, regulations and whatnot, uh, we're just asking everybody to just make sure you bring your bags already labeled with exactly, you know, everything that you want on there, your, your name, your bib number, what aid station it's being taken to and what distance you're running. Uh, and, and a good idea, just in case it, it rains or anything like that, is to also maybe even put like a, a card inside of your your bag so that uh, or, or if, you know, if the your labeling peels off or whatever, there's another way to identify whose bag it belongs to. But make sure that you when you when you drop it off, you come with it all pre pre labeled and everything. So it's all ready to go. Drop it off. Yeah, exactly. That we can just take it from you and it'll be ready to go. So drive through big bib pickup two to seven Friday in the town of Virgin, it's not hard to find anything in Virgin because it's not very big. No, it's just, I mean, yeah, the, the, the park is just uh, is just right there, center of town. Right off of Main um, Street. Yeah, right off of Main Street and right next to the uh, the LDS Church. And uh, and we'll be, we'll be right there on that, uh, right next to the church, actually, on, uh, on Main Street um, for, for you to... And that's also where the start and finish is as well. Yeah, 
Exactly. So where, where you go for the drive through bib pickup is where you're going to go the next morning to actually get started. And that's where the finish line will be as well. So right there in Virgin drive through, it's going to be pretty easy. We don't want you getting out of your cars or anything like that. That's, uh, you know, COVID-19 keeps you safe, keeps our staff safe. And what are we going to see as far as staff? Are they going to be wearing masks? What, what do you, what do you have out there for? Yeah, all, all the staff will make sure we're wearing masks. Uh, we want to, like I said, we want to make sure that we're keeping all of our runners safe, but also our staff and the community. So we're, we're doing everything that we can, uh, within our, within our power to, uh, to make sure and, uh, keep everybody safe. And so we'll, we'll have our masks on, uh, you know, like Colleen said, uh, shouldn't really be too much of an issue if everybody just stays in their car, uh, that'll help reduce any, any, uh, any, any contact social yeah. distancing issues yeah. that, that may arise. So should be pretty easy. And we, um, you know, at this this event, we it got canceled in the spring, and so mm-hmm. here we are in the fall. The difference is we've got three different race lengths, I guess is what I'm looking, the yeah. word I'm looking for. Distances. In, yeah, distances. And we don't have the 100-miler for this event, but we have the 100K, 50K, and then the half marathon. Correct. So you've got those three diff- distances. Hopefully, you're all registered and you know where you're going. But on Saturday at the start line, what time do we have starting and which distance starts first? So the hundred K is going to start first. Uh, they're going to be starting at five 30 AM on Saturday. Uh, and kind of just elaborating on that a little bit for our Bryce Canyon ultra. When we did that, that was back at the end of May. And so it was, I think, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that was probably the first event in the country that was held yeah, post COVID. Mm-hmm. So we really, we really kind of were, doing everything that we thought we needed to do. And so there were some things that were really good that we implemented. And there were some things that I think were a bit overkill. So one of the things that I think was a bit overkill was that we, uh, we gave an hour starting window for each distance. And uh, so for this one, we kind of reined it back to a half hour starting window. So the hundred K is going to start at between five thirty AM and six on Saturday. And what that is going to look like basically is anybody who, is planning to go for overall awards. Uh, we don't do age group awards, but we do have top three male and top three female that we award uh, in each distance. In each distance. So if you're planning to go for one of those uh, overall awards, uh, we would recommend that you line up right at 5:30, toe in the line, and then right behind that is should be anybody who's worried about cutoff time. So we've got some pretty generous cutoff times, I feel like, for each of the aid stations. But by starting closer to that 530 uh, time frame, you're going to be essentially getting an an extra half hour to make those cutoff times. Now, let me elaborate on what that means is overall, your your overall time is going to be based off of what time you cross the starting line. Because it's it's an open electronic chip. It's chip time. So like if you start at 530, all of our cutoff times are based off of a 6 a.m. start. So you're you're getting an extra half hour to make those cutoffs, but you're not getting an extra half hour to make the overall time. So if you uh, if you come in a half hour or 20 minutes after the after the cutoff time and think you're good because you started early, that's where that's where it can get right. where it can get a little, a little dicey. And I know at Bryce there was a few people that were confused by that. And after I explained it to them, they they understood. So just, just be aware that like your time starts the second you start the race, but by starting closer to five 30, 
you're just going to be getting that extra half hour to make those cutoff times. Buying so, yourself a little bit extra time. Yeah. So if you're worried about cutoff times, you know, like you'll still be able to finish the race. Um, but your your official time may not count if you come in over the allotted time. So so that's in the 100K. This starts at 530 for that. We want all those. 530 to 6. 530 so to 6. we want to make sure and, and there, it will Once that. it opens, it'll just kind of be a rolling start. But mm-hmm. if you are going for those overall awards, you need to start right at 530 because yep. you need to be on that, that start line on that time. And then it will just be open until 6 and there'll be a little 30 minute break yep. before we start the next distance. Yep. So then we'll start the 50K and they'll start at 630 to 7. And same same rules apply, basically. If you're going for overall, we want you towing the line right there at 6.30. Anybody worry about cutoff time should be right behind them. And then other than that, you've got you've got a half hour, essentially, minutes, yeah. to just kind of spread out. And that's the whole reason we're doing this is because we don't want everybody congregated at the starting line waiting to start the race. We really want to spread everybody out. We haven't assigned everybody a specific start time because we just want it to be kind of open. So this is where we really kind of ask for your help on this to just kind of help us keep everybody at a safe distance. Um, so that's kind of the uh, the idea that we're that we're going for here is is uh, take your time, go to the bathroom, yeah, you know, do whatever your your pre race ritual is, and make sure you feel comfortable. And then just whenever you're ready, just make your way to the starting line and and get going. There's not going to be a big, huge, grand. Um, start line start, yeah with know, a gun and things like and all that, that yeah. stuff you know we're just we're it's going to be pretty low-key but it's going to be a great race and we're really looking forward to having all you guys there with us and uh and like colleen and i said earlier like the scenery is uh, is going to be really yeah. beautiful this time of year yeah we've never sure. done it in the fall before we've always done it in the spring so i'm really excited to to uh to bring this race in the fall and see and see uh, how different yeah the 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 way that it's going to work so we've got a 5 30 start for the 100k a 6 30 well 5 30 to 6 for the 100k 6 30 to 7 for the 50k and then our half marathon is going to start at what time the half marathon is going to be starting at 7 30 from 7 30 to 8 sunrise is going to be at 7 24 so so you guys will be right behind the sunrise there, getting started for the half marathon and um um Again, same same rules are basically going to apply for the half marathon. If you're towing the line, uh, going for one of those overall spots, make sure you're there right at 7.30, and, and cutoff times is right behind that. Now, there there's only one Grim Reaper time that we have for um, for this race, and that's uh, for the 100K at, uh, at 5.30 p.m. at uh, our Goosebump Aid Station second pass. Okay. So the 100K is going to be out till 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. So basically, we don't have any hard cutoff times for the other distances. Uh, basically, the the only the only reason we would even pull you is if it's an aid station that um, that needs to shut down and you're way behind those times. Yeah. But as long as those aid stations are going to remain open then we'll go ahead and let you finish. You may not get an official finish time if you're longer than the overall time. But uh, but again, we're, we're not going to be super stingy for especially for the half marathon and for the uh, and for the uh, 50K uh, since we're going to be staying open for. Yeah, the, since 100 Kers are they they don't come into goosebump until well after mm-hmm. the 50K and the half marathons yeah. will have come through. Yeah, so they'll they'll there's not really any risk of getting pulled, but but we do want to make sure that everybody is in good health and in, in good, you know, condition out there, not putting themselves in a dangerous uh, situation 
that they're not aware of. So we will definitely be, you know, keeping an eye on everybody on course and making sure that everybody is, is, uh, well taken care of. So. Well, speaking of the course and looking at the fall, we, you were talking about sunrises at 724. Uh, the 100K is definitely going to need a headlamp when they start out at 530. Yeah. 50K is depending, you know, the closer you get to seven o'clock, the, the less need you're going to have for a headlamp and you would only need it for a short period of time. Um, but yeah, definitely for the 100K because we don't have as much daylight this time of year yeah. as we as we generally would um, in the mornings. And so you definitely will need some lighting as far as that goes with the 100K. But let's talk about the 100K course and how many aid stations we have out there. It's such a great course. What I love about Zion Ultra is it takes you up on these beautiful mesas, gives you these amazing trails, these amazing views, and then takes you back down. It's like you get to sample all of the best parts yeah. of the Mesa. So what do we have on tap for the 100K? 100K is going to be passing through 10 fully stocked aid stations. And when I say fully stocked, uh, for our Bryce Canyon race, we, we again, this is another one of those situations where we really were trying to make sure and implement the safest protocols we could to make sure that everybody was was safe, the aid stations were sanitary, and all this and that. And, and I feel like we may have gone a little overboard you know, for, right. For that Not one. that we're making them less safe, but we've really dialed in yeah. how to make them. So at, at Bryce, we only we were only offering prepackaged, single serve, grab and go type items, and for I think for the most part, they were really well received and people people appreciated that. Um, but we also one thing that we really pride ourselves on is is customer feedback, and so you know we put out a survey after after that race and asked people's opinions on on what we were offering at the aid stations. And it was pretty uh, unanimous that uh, everyone felt that we safely could still offer some cooked things like bacon and quesadillas. Cause who doesn't like, like some bacon you gotta, you gotta at about it. mile 40? There's nothing you, like some you, bacon. You got it or sooner. It's, it's true. It's, it's true. Just, I mean, at mile five, yeah, bacon yeah, tastes you, great too. You just gotta have it. So we're, so we are going to be offering something. It probably won't be as extensive as, as usual, but we will have, you know, uh, bacon, some boiled potatoes, um, some fresh cut fruit, uh, some quesadillas, burritos, um, Nutella wraps, you know, just some of those, just some of those quick grab and go type things. Um, and it will probably be, it'll probably be more of a served type situation right. instead of a self-serve. We're not going to have situation. a lot of hands in the m and no, 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 no. So, so, so you'll need to you'll need to ask the staff working the aid stations to what you want and they'll, and they'll hand it to you. That way we're not, we're not getting a lot of, uh, runners hands, sweaty hands, hands that oh, have been a lot of places. Sweat, that, sweaty might be the least yeah, of I, our worries. I, I don't think we need to specify where no, those but hands these have been. Are, these but, are ultra runners. They understand. So we're not going to let you grab food. We're going <laughs> to hand you the food. Hey, but. that's why we have such great immune systems is because <laughs> exactly, exactly. this is what we do. So, all right. So we've got fully stocked aid stations that you're going to have 10 of them on the 100K course. Um, would you want to run through kind of that course, the first aid station they're going to come to? and uh, the different loops that they're going to see yeah. on that 100k yes i'd love to so we're going to be starting for those of that you for those of you that have ran uh with us before it's the same course as last year we didn't change it which is great um so you're going to be starting at the virgin town park like we talked about earlier and you for those of you running the 100k you're going to head straight up to the goosebump aid station up on gooseberry mesa and from there you're going to continue i like how on. you said straight up 
Straight I, up, I, yes. I, I thought that that was a, yeah. a unique choice of words right yeah, there. Yeah, it is good for those of you that aren't aware. <laughs> there is a pretty good climb to get up to get up there. Straight so. up is the only way to identify yeah, it. Yeah, and it'll it'll definitely get the heart rate uh, pumping getting up that hill. So you're going to be going straight up to Goosebump Aid Station, and from there you're going to continue on. Uh, you'll be running along some uh, some dirt uh, service roads and double track uh, for a few miles there until you get to the Grafton aid station uh, where you'll you'll just hit that aid station and then continue on past that to wire Mesa staying on the road staying at on that the point. road. Yep. <clears throat> and then once you hit that wire Mesa aid station, you'll do the wire Mesa loop. You'll run it counterclockwise. Okay. Do the uh, loop counterclockwise and come back to the Wire Mesa aid station. And then you'll come back up that same road to the Grafton aid station. And then you'll do the Grafton Mesa loop counterclockwise as well. Come back to the Grafton aid station. And then you will uh, basically backtrack on that same dirt road back to Goosebump. Now, one thing that I wanted to kind of discuss or key in on a little bit is there is a uh, a field between Goosebump Aid and Grafton Aid where we will have a lot of space. There's no crew access at any of these three aid stations. Right, right. So uh, we want to just make sure that we strongly communicate that there is no crew access at Grafton, Wire, or Goosebump Aid Station. Those three on top of the Mesa. Just because you can drive to them, please do not drive to them. Right. Please make sure your crew and your pacers do not drive to them. These are these are very tight, congested roads, and if uh, and if somebody goes, then everybody's going to go, and we're going to have a big mess on our hands, and we have to explain that to our permitting agencies, which are going to put the, which is going to put this race in jeopardy. So please help us out, and don't go to any of those aid station locations. But this field that's uh, right around, I think I could probably tell you what mile it is here real quick. I think I, I looked it up at one point. But uh, but this uh, this particular field has got plenty of room for for people to, to park at. And get off the road. Get I off think the that's road. The biggest and part. you can and you can provide uh, crew support for your runner and you'll get to you'll get to see them both going out to Grafton mm-hmm. and coming back. Yeah. So this is a great spot for spectating, for crewing your runners, etc. Now, um, let me take back what I just said there. There is no spectating where we're trying to really make sure that uh, we're reducing the, you know, to keep everybody socially distanced and to reduce the number of people on course. We have we have uh, some policies uh, that we are implementing. We did this for Bryce and we decided we want to keep those. And one of those is uh, as far as crew and pacers go, when you, when you check in on Friday and get your bib, we're going to give you a pacer bib for your pacers and also one crew bib. And, and anybody who's offering support to you, uh, they have to have the only one person can be out of the vehicle at that at that time one person per runner one person with per a runner, bib on. they have to have that bib on okay so um so so if you have a, a, a team of people coming to crew you at the race that's wonderful 
but only one of them can be out of the car providing you that support that you need at that time. So, so. like you were saying, at this field <clears throat> access, we can't have 20 people all standing there out of the vehicles without bibs on. This yeah. is for, uh, you know, as your runner passes, if one person needs to get out and give them some you know, of their gear or something that they need or, or take they some need to gear. Take something, yeah. yeah, that's totally fine to do that. Make sure you get those bibs on, yeah. but no congregating and yeah. not extra people out of the cars. Yeah, and and, and the, I mean the main the main thing to keep in mind too is this is a this these all of these loops that we're running up on these mesas. These are all very popular mountain biking trails, and so these are and, and we don't they're not closed. So if somebody sure. decides they want to come out and use the trails that day. They're definitely it's public land. They definitely can. Um, we don't have any sort of claim to these trails. We are permitted to run on them. So I would hope that, uh, that seeing the number of people out there would discourage them. But but also these roads are open to vehicle traffic. And so we definitely don't want to have a bunch of people out there congregated in the road, blocking blocking traffic and, and making, making really dusty. Out. I mean, it ends up being really dusty out there yeah. and, and things like that. So just make sure I think with the bibs, pick up those bibs for your support and for your pacers, make sure they have those on and then everything yeah. will be okay that way. Yeah. And so this is a great place for that up on the, up on the mesas there. Just make sure that, like I said, you got your, you got your bibs on for your uh, pacers and your crew. And, uh, and, and then also, um, so then after you guys pass that, you'll come back to Goosebump Aid Station and uh, and do the uh, Gooseberry Mesa Loop. Uh, also, you'll be doing that counterclockwise and we'll have a uh, we'll have a water only station set up around uh, around mile. Um, I'm trying to pull it up. But there it is. 40. Yeah, 40, 42. 42 so, um, yeah, you'll have a, a water only station there around mile 42. Uh that you can that you can uh, refill on while you're doing the loop. So and it could be it could be a little warm out there. Um, yeah. Definitely plan for warmer unless the, our temperatures change. But it could be warm out there. Yeah, similar late, temperature late, to the spring. Yeah, late late September and and late spring when we do when yeah. we do this race is, is very similar temperature wise. Yes. But I think the mornings will probably be cooler. Yes, the mornings will definitely be a little bit cooler. Um, but afternoons, you know, it's gonna it can be. It could be, uh, you know, up into the the low 90s, you sure. know. So, um, ideally, it won't be that hot, but uh, but it definitely could be. So, so plan plan on the warmer side of things, um, and yeah. make sure you have your gear for that. And then from and then from Goosebump. So after after they come back to Goosebump, which uh, second pass Goosebump, second pass Goosebump, which like I said earlier is also the uh, the Grim Reaper time for the 100K of 5:30 p.m. So after after you come back into uh, that second pass which is mile 45.7 um you're gonna drop back down the big hill uh and head over to virgin desert um and virgin desert uh you know we we do have crew and uh crew access at that aid station uh and that's a great place for anybody that is wanting to join their uh you know join their runner to pace them into the finish line that's mile 53.8 there at Virgin Desert. Um, Virgin Desert also is going to be a, a, a great uh, a great aid station to uh, to be able to to check on your runner as they're as yeah. they're nearing the end of their race. Um, but from there, the uh, the runners are going to continue on to the Virgin Dam aid station, which is only a few miles away at 62.5 as uh, the mileage on on the Virgin Dam, which is a really beautiful. Um, 
aid station location. We basically just run right along the rim of the uh, Virgin River right there. Yeah. One of my favorite trails. It's gorgeous. To yeah. I love to go mountain bike and run on that trail. It's a really good one. Uh, unfortunately for, for some of the slower, um, runners that might be dark by the time they get to they that get aid to that, station. Yeah. But if it is, you got to go back and check it out because it's pretty cool. It is a, it's a beautiful Canyon that comes off of the Virgin really river is. up there. It really is. And then from there, uh, you just run along the rim of that, uh, or the rim of that Canyon. Uh, you'll hit, we'll have a water only station set up on sheep bridge road. So right as you, uh, right as you come back onto the, or just right before you get back on the main road, uh, there'll be a water station about two miles from the finish line. You can top off your water and, uh, and then you'll just run on the ATV trail, uh, right along the road back into, uh, the Virgin town park. And, uh, we'll be there to welcome you at the finish line. Well, it's great. You've got tons of aid and support on this yes. course. I mean, it's, you're not going miles and miles between aid stations. You have a lot of support, especially later in the race for these hundred cares. Um, so you do have plenty of support out there so you can kind of plan your day based on those 10 aid stations on the 100K. So going to the 50K, we take off the Grafton Mesa and the Wire Mesa. 50Kers are going to head straight up to the Goosebump Aid Station for their right. first pass and head out on the Gooseberry Mesa loop counterclockwise, and then they'll come back through Goose the Goosebump Aid Station, heading back down the same way we just talked about the 100K. Anything specific with the 50K? So the only difference... From, from Virgin Desert is uh, they, they'll come down from Goosebump hit Virgin Desert aid station, but they have a slightly different route that they continue past Virgin Desert to the finish line. They do not go out to Virgin Dam. It's more a direct route that kind of runs parallel to that Sheep Bridge Road. Straight back. Uh, it does It does hit the that trailhead right there off of, uh, off of you know, right there by Sheep Bridge where we have that water station. Yep, yep. It hits that trailhead right there. So there is a small section where they get to see the, the, canyon, the canyon that we just talked stuff. about. Yep. Uh, but it's not as much of it as, as, uh, as the as hundred cares. So, so they'll, the, it's more, like I said, more of a direct route to that, uh, water, that Sheep Bridge water station. And then from there, a couple miles just along the road on the ATV trail to the uh, finish line. Yeah, I love on this ultra, there is very little pavement on this ultra. Yeah, yeah. Very well, little. And because we're not doing the 100 mile, we don't even cross SR9. So everything's yeah. on the south side. Which is it, it really is nice. It's it's unique for ultras. A lot of times you do have stretches or sometimes even long stretches of pavement. This one, you're going to be on some dirt roads and some double track, but you have that benefit of being off-road all the time. Yeah. So And definitely a lot of really high-quality single track. Too. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, great. I think we could say some of the most iconic in Utah that yeah. you're going to be on for yeah. this Zion Ultra. Um, so with the, we've done the hundred K, the 50 K and then the half marathon, what's their course going to be like? The half marathon basically is going to be starting, uh, at, at the town park. Um, and it's, and it's totally different. So they do not go up onto any of the mesas. Uh, they stay down in the, down in the lower desert, uh, single tracks. Um, there's, there's a fair amount of double track that they'll be running, uh, for the first little bit. Um, but, uh. But it's beautiful. We actually did a race back in June. Yes, uh, on, Zion, this exact course. Yeah, on this exact course is our Zion at night. And actually, um, we're doing another one this fall as well on the same on the same course. But uh, the uh, we did we did a Zion at night, which was kind of our our attempts to try and figure out what we could do with all these COVID restrictions and stuff. And so we 
we just had uh, 50 people assigned a starting time and we just started them every hour. And they ran this exact half marathon. Yeah, the exact same half marathon, ran them all through the night and it was awesome. And everybody loved it. it was, yeah. We had really good feedback on it. And so um, this half great. course is a great course yeah. Yeah. For, for a half marathon. They ran, they ran this course opposite, the opposite direction of how we're going to be running it for the ultra. But, uh, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great course. Lots of, uh, lots of beautiful scenery of the, uh, surrounding, uh, plateaus and, uh, mesas around Zion national park. So lots to, uh, definitely take in. we have two, uh, two aid stations. First aid station you'll hit is about 3.7 miles into the race. And then the second aid station for the half marathon is going to be at Virgin desert. And it's going to be at mile 8.8, which is going to be. A uh, really good uh, spot for for runners to kind of really recharge their batteries before they uh, before they uh, tackle the final stretch of the race. And and just like the other distances, we'll have a water only station on that. Um, it's about two miles before the finish. Yeah, Sheepbridge Road. It's gonna come. It's gonna come for the half marathon. About eleven point six mile. Eleven point six is where that's gonna come. But they're gonna follow the same trail that the 50k does from virgin Desert. kind of that more direct mm-hmm. route back yeah, it's not it's not on sheet bridge road but it's it's definitely more direct than how the uh, 100k uh route goes and then they'll uh anyways they'll hit that sheet bridge uh road where we'll have that water station set up 11.6 and then uh head in the last couple miles to the uh, finish line which is going to just run parallel to the the main road uh on a on an atv trail for that last little bit great at the uh, virgin town park it's going to be great. So talk about the finish. How's the finish going to be a little bit different, uh, you know, in these times of COVID-19? Yeah. So the, the main the main difference, I guess, is that normally at our races, we love to have spectators there cheering on their runners and not just their runners, everybody. We want them to stick around. We want it to be a party. We want like everybody to be there and stick around and cheer everybody in. And, and uh, as, as much as we are welcoming to spectators coming and cheering on their runners. Um, we, we kindly ask that when your runner comes in, that you, that you and your runner, you know, leave just, and not, not yeah, kind of grab and go your finished lo- yeah, finish so we'll, line. We'll have and... some, we'll have a recovery tent set up there at the finish line where you can grab some food and, and pick up your drop bags. Um, if your drop bags aren't, aren't there, generally we'll try to have all the drop bags brought, to back to the finish line um, as the aid station closes. But for those of you that are running the the 50K, mm-hmm. and even, uh, you know, the, obviously the Goosebump aid station is not going to close until the 100K runners go through there. So if you do uh, have a drop bag for Goosebump and Virgin Desert, make sure that you are um, putting it in the return to finish pile after you've used your bag, because otherwise we have no idea. Uh, if your bag's been gone through or not. And yeah, so- and if and if you're new to maybe this drop bag thing, what you'll see is the drop bags will be all laid out for you when you get into the aid station. And if you are done with that drop bag, there'll be another section where you can put that drop bag that signifies to the staff, hey, this is ready to go back to the finish line. Yeah. So, you know, if you're doing the 100K, you go through Goosebump on your first pass, you use your stuff in your drop bag, you leave it in that same spot. Yeah, so you can have it again. So you can have it again. Whereas, you know, if you're a 50K or you're coming through your second pass, you're headed to the finish, it goes into that return to finish. So yeah. if you're, you know, so it helps us get it back to you. But there might be times where it's not back. You're a little bit faster than our staff is getting yeah, it exactly. back. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so if that's the case and you finish and your bags aren't returned, turn to the finish line yet um 
like I said, if you're running one of those shorter distances, the half marathon or the or the 50k, um, and well, and there is no drop bags for the for the half marathon, just for the, the 50k. But if you're running the 50k uh, and your bag has not been brought to the finish line yet, uh, we're going to be there till 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. You can come back and grab it. Yeah, so <laughs> it'll be it'll be brought back sometime. And and in fact, if you're running the 100k and your bag has not been brought back, we will be there until 9 a.m. on Sunday morning uh, before we we pack up the finish line and everything so you are welcome to come anytime before 9 a.m on sunday and uh, we'll have the bags there and if you come after 9 a.m and we are all packed up and gone uh you can also request to have us ship your bag to you and uh and we'll we'll make sure and send out that information in an email uh, after the race in our in our post race uh, email that we send out just letting you know of how you can claim your bag if if you are indeed unable to uh, claim it at the end of the race so so you did say uh there will be finish line awards like finisher medals yes. for every distance yes. and they'll be those will be given at the finish line correct um what about the award so if someone does take top three in one of their distances how are we handling those awards this the, time those will just be mailing out okay so we'll we'll reach out and notify um everybody after the because we have uh, such a, a large window i mean it's all going to be based off of off of uh uh, chip time ultimately and so like we want to make sure that if somebody if somebody has um started at 6 a.m and you started at 5 30 i mean ultimately if the person that started at 6 a.m ran a faster race then they're going to beat you sure so, sure so like we have to take all that stuff into account and so we will not uh, we will not post anything official until uh until all those results have been tallied up and and uh, calculated so uh, but yeah, we'll we'll make sure and reach out to everybody who who does place one of those awards, and we'll uh, we'll be sending those out to you. We'll we'll reach out to to confirm addresses and all that. Stuff Great. So you get a little care package after after the fact. Exactly. But then also, kind of kind of on that same uh, note, there uh, as far as like finisher awards. So everybody everybody will get an awesome finisher award, and we have a couple different awards to choose from. Cool. For the ultras, which is always fun, we have we have some really cool finisher medals uh, that you can pick, or we have some uh, some some cups that we've had custom made nice. that are that are pretty awesome too. So when you finish, you'll 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 have an option. So when you finish, there'll be a recovery tent, and then there'll also be an awards tent, and you can you know grab some food at the recovery tent, and then make your way down to the awards tent where you can select which which award you would like to take. Uh, it's different for each uh, distance. So like the hundred k has. Some unique awards that uh, that we offer for that one and the 50k and the, the half marathon too so so each of them have some different awards and you can just uh pick whichever one speaks to you the most so cool well that's going to be great i think we're just excited that there's a live event absolutely and that we get to be there what are we looking at as far as um how many people are coming you know how many people in the distances so right now we have a, just a little over a hundred that have signed up for the 100k We've got about 180 that have signed up for the 50K and just a little over 200 that have signed up for the half marathon. Great. So great. I'm expecting on race day, we'll have total between the three distances, probably just a little over 400, maybe 450 people great. total. 
uh, which will be great. It'll yeah, be good. it is going to be great. And, um, you know, one thing we didn't hit on just yet, Vacation Race is big on the zero waste thing. Absolutely. We really try hard to leave these places just as beautiful as we find them by not making extra garbage, by not putting things in the landfill. So can you kind of talk about that, Lyle, and what you guys do as far as the garbage and what you're asking participants to do as well? Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely, and I appreciate you bringing that up because that that's one thing that uh, we really pride ourselves on is our zero waste initiative. Uh, and, and for those of you that have ran races with us in the past, you're, you're probably pretty familiar with the, the system that we use uh, with our containers and stuff. So each, each container is going to be, is going to have a clear, clear bag that, uh, that we use to collect everything, but it also has different dispensing, um, I guess, uh, openings that you can put, uh, you for know, different the, kinds of yeah, for, trash for, for compost and recyclables and then just plain trash. And so we really try to make sure that, uh, we have all those things separated as, as best as we can. And, uh, and so we ask for your help with that, just to, just to ease the manual sifting through the trash well, because that, there's that actually we do. Yeah, there's staff who yeah. that's what they do is they go through the trash, make sure it's sor- sorted appropriately so we can recycle as much as Absolutely. possible. And so the, the, the main thing that we really run into is is uh, like food waste, you know. So if if there's paper plates or something like that and there's a bunch of, you know, nasty pizza sauce and melted cheese or something like that on there, well, like obviously that, that plate can't be recycled. Right. So uh, it's just things of that nature that we really try our best to to separate and so if there is some like a cup of coffee and you just go throw it in with all the recycled paper right you've just ruined all that paper to can't be, be recycled recycle. anymore so like we want to just make sure that we're separating things as best we can and doing our part to be able to efficiently recycle as much of this material as possible and same with the compost uh last year so those that know me very well know that i'm pretty big on like gardening and like and stuff and i've got like this little mini farm in my backyard and last year i i thought oh this is great i'm going to use all the compost that we generate our races i'm going to bring all this food waste back to my house i'm going to compost it all into my garden and and uh and and it's going to be great and so i did and uh had a wonderful garden this yeah, year. Yeah, you it did. Was, you you guys great. have like your own little farmer's market at your oh, house. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's wonderful. I love I love being able to grow my own food. So anyway, so so just know that uh, we aren't just taking this all to the dump. Like we are yeah. actually trying to process this stuff and make it uh, make it usable in some capacity or another. So and speaking um, of compost, uh, composting toilets as well. Absolutely, yeah. So we have our own composting toilet business, great outdoor toilets, and uh, and we again, uh, have a, a big, um, we have this big composting drum. It's a big industrial. Like, I don't really know how to explain <laughs> right, it other than right. like, it's specifically designed for being able to take human waste, human waste and transform it into food grade topsoil, which so, is crazy. Yeah. So when it comes out to the other side, it, it is, it has been heated up and it has gone through the process that it needs to go through enough that the soil that comes out the other side has killed all the microbes and everything in there so that if I wanted to go pick up a handful of the dirt with my hands, right. like it's it's just, safe, it's safe dirt. Yeah. And so we actually have it on a farm, uh, down here in Southern Utah, where after all the races, we take, we take all the, all the human waste, human waste from our toilets and we go process it. And 
the farmer uses it on his fields and uh, and it's great. We 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 love it. And so it's good to be able to to find ways like this that we can take and repurpose something and make something good out of it. And that's what we're trying to yeah. do, do our so best. You'll, to... you'll see those composting toilets on the course at the different aid stations and everything. Um, they utilize sawdust and they really work great. I mean, yeah, they the, do. The key, the key, like if you've used a regular traditional porta potty, they use chemicals and, uh, and those work really good to keep the smell down. But, but ultimately what happens when, they've been overused. Yes. We all know what's happened. What it, happens it, when they've been overused. It doesn't, the chemical doesn't work, doesn't anymore. work anymore. <laughs> so the beautiful thing with our composting toilets is after you've done your business, you sprinkle some sawdust over it. It really does a great job of keeping all the smell down. It does. And, yeah. And like, and you don't have, they're very, I'm going to use the word pleasant because that's what, that's well, the best it, way to it is, it. it is true. I mean, and as, as a female who has used them many times, <laughs> it really is not that bad and it yeah. kind of covers everything up. Yeah. It makes it a whole different yeah, experience. You don't have to look at anybody else's business. You don't have to look business, at anything so. and you don't have to, I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest. It's gross in those porta potties <laughs> and the composting twins. The only thing I don't like is sometimes I get a little bit of wood chips in my tights or something like that. But you know, <laughs> other than that, you just got to be careful not to get the wood chips. You got to brush off or, first. You gotta, just got to brush off. But yeah, that that's uh, that's our composting toilets, and uh, again, it's just all part of our zero waste initiative. We really we really try hard to reduce uh, the amount of waste that we generate. And on a normal year, um, a normal year, we we uh, we don't even we reuse all of our own dishes at the aid stations, and we wash them. So right, we have like right. our own dishwashing stations at the aid stations. We won't be doing that this year. We'll be using we'll be using uh, paper paper plates and, and paper products uh, this year, just to, just due to all the... Uh, it's not our favorite thing to do. It's not our favorite thing to do, but but, but, but it gets us through this year. So, yeah. so we'll be doing that. So the more that you guys can do as far as sorting that garbage and helping us to make sure we can recycle even more than we normally would be, would be helpful because we are making more trash than we're comfortable with. Absolutely. But it's in order to keep our runners safe and our staff safe. And and I think, you know, Vacation Races has definitely risen to the top this year on being able to provide those safe events and have these live events to go out to. And, and really, I feel like this running community loves us. They've embraced those changes and we're going to have a great great race absolutely so. yeah and i appreciate appreciate you taking the time to go over this with us colleen this is going to be a, an exciting race and i'm personally very excited to have everybody come and join us and uh and just get out and run like yeah that's that's really the, that's really the thing that everybody just needs to do we do everybody just needs more miles that's <laughs> what they need more miles and we've got beautiful miles coming up for you Absolutely. zion ultra of course you do have this race guide you're going to see it in your email so you'll be able to print off a copy of that and so everything we went over you'll also get a copy of if you do have any questions you can reach out to lyle at lyle at vacationraces.com or you can also talk to kaylee Right, yeah. Kaylee info will. At vacation races, info so. at vacationraces.com. So we can answer all your questions, but we're just excited to see you guys for the Zion Ultra uh, in just a couple weeks. Yeah, September 26th. My gosh, it's coming up quick. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. We'd love your feedback. Email podcast at vacationraces.com with comments, concerns, or stories you'd love to share. Make sure to watch for more episodes coming soon to vacationraces.com. This episode was directed by Robin Rogers and produced by Colleen Rue in the Festival Sound Studio. For information about music licensing, contact Dane at vacationraces.com.